All right, the NBA season is only a few days away, and Beds is joining me this week to do an NBA preview podcast. We're picking our top five storylines for the season. We're picking our Eastern and Western Conference champs. We're picking our finals champs. We're picking our MVP for the season. It's a great conversation. I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, this is the Randy Forcer podcast. Do me a favor. Please like and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, like the Randy Forcer pod- podcast Facebook page. And then also a lot of you will see that I've recently started a new Instagram page for the Randy Forcer podcast at the Randy Forcer podcast. Give that a follow if you can. I'd really appreciate it. Enjoy the podcast. All right, we're back again with my boy Beds doing an NBA preview podcast. How you doing, pal? What's up? What's up? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to do the NBA today. Me too. Season starts next week, so now's the time to do it. Pretty big NBA guy. I know some people don't love it, but always been a huge fan, so I'm definitely fired up for the season. You know, it's like C's coming off a loss. The landscape changed a little bit. We got some trades. I'm sure we're going to discuss it here, but a couple little things happened to the Celtics. So super geeked up coming into the year, a couple injuries now. What's this going to look like? So I'm ready to dive in, buddy. So before we get started, we should address our homerism from the NFL podcast and talk about avoiding doing that this time. I think we picked the Pats to win one playoff game, which is pretty funny in hindsight, but I don't know that. The Celts are on the same level as the Pats, but we, we just got to be aware of not going too crazy on the Celts. You know, the thing is, too, is, like, we're looking for people to take us pretty serious here. So, guys, everybody watching, like, we are taking this serious. What are the Pats 2 and 3 right now? Amazing, amazing, fantastic win against the Lions. <laughs> Great game. So, yeah, I mean, just sniffing the playoffs right now. So, we'll see what happens. We have to be cautious when we both pick the Celts to win the NBA championship at the end of the podcast. Is, is that where I don't you're know leaning? Is that where you're leaning? It is not. So we'll we'll get to that. The plan for today is similar to the NFL podcast where we're going to just run through our five most hyped up, excited storylines that we have for the season. We'll go in order. Beds will start. And then we will talk about some predictions that we have for this upcoming season. We'll have fun. We'll track them. And we'll see who is, who is closer at the end. So Beds. Why don't you get started with your number five most excited storyline of the season? LBJ, man. You know, it was 19, I think it was 1986. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar set the league record for most points ever as an NBA player. I remember Magic Johnson jumping in his arms like Magic is just always so excited about everything. And I, I just, even though it was a Laker, it was a super cool, you know, moment because it's, you know, it's all-time leading scorer. So LBJ is 1,325 points behind Kareem right now. So he's 37 years old. I think Kareem played into his early 40s. So he's ahead of Kareem's pace. LeBron just, what, re-upped for two years. I think he's got this yeah. year. So he's, you know, he's going to be 38 in December. I mean, dude, I was just looking at his last couple of years. I mean, the guy is a freak. He's a unicorn. I mean, he's got some games played issues as he's gotten a little older. Yeah, he's had like, a couple couple seasons where he hasn't played even close to the full 82. But, I mean, he's 37 years old. He averaged 27 points last year, which was pretty amazing for his age. 
it's it's so insane. So it's like, so then you get into a couple things. You're like, how many games is he going to play this year? I think the projections were that he was going to pass it somewhere in in the new year, somewhere in in that January mark, maybe into February if he has a below expected year, but. It's definitely going to happen, right? Assuming he doesn't have a catastrophic injury, he's definitely breaking the record this year. And the thing is, is like 1,600. I, I think the lowest point total he's had was two years ago, and I think he played like 40-something games. I mean, his lowest point total in the season has never been below 1,600. Below what he needs. So where are we at? It's like you said, it's probably a little bit into the spring. I don't know. What do you think, February? It's probably going to Yeah, that's, and that's what the projections say. So... I have no reason to think that he's not going to be in shape. He's not going to be up to up to what he's been doing the past couple of years. I mean, he's he's an animal. He trains all the time, and people's bodies are different now than when Bird and Magic played. And those guys. I mean, there's a real big emphasis on eating well and working out. And I think he takes it pretty seriously. And I think he wants to be the NBA's leading scorer. So I'm I'm sure he's working hard just to get there. Because I don't know how good their team is, truthfully. So you're a big LeBron James guy. Yeah. You know. My brother makes fun of me. He says I'm a LeBron guy, too. I don't know if I'm a LeBron guy as much as I, like, really just enjoy watching people that are the best at what they do. And to me, it's been pretty clear for a while LeBron's one of those guys. So, like, I understand that some of the quirkiness about him, some of the ways he handles situations. It's kind of annoying, but he really is one of the best of all time. Well, so I think where I was going with that is, like, I did this with MJ. Like, I didn't appreciate MJ until those last two years with the Bulls. You know, I did the Washington Wizards thing, so he had a throwback game every now and again, which was cool. Yeah. Kobe, here we are with another Laker. Like, Kobe was not for me at all. And then those last couple of years, I was a big Kobe guy. So <laughs> have never really been a LeBron guy, if you will. But yeah. now it's like I'm, I'm sniffing this record. I'm kind of appreciating the body of work. You know, it's like you see the Insta videos with him working out and doing all the crazy stuff. And you mentioned, like, the nutrition. How much longer can you look at the back of this basketball card and just see 25-plus a game consistently? So I don't want to go off on the topic, but it's like, all right, LeBron, you finally got me. Like, I'm locked in. I want you to play 82 games. I want you to score 2,000 points this year. Have your league record. And then... You know, it's probably going to be another three years of it. It's like, who the hell is going to catch it? I know. I think there's six guys that have averaged over 27 points their whole career, and he's one of them. I think he's like 27.2. I don't know that he'll be able to maintain that through as long as he'll probably play, but it'll be interesting to see, dude. I think that, that record's going to be pretty far out of reach. Next couple guys that have a shot would have been KD, but he missed so much time, and I can't imagine he plays as long as LeBron does. So he's pretty much out. Then after that, what? There's no one that's really even close. Katie's kind of on my radar, but it's like, I, I don't even know if that dude actually likes playing basketball as much as he used to. You know what I mean? Yeah. It seems like he's just always negative on everything. With his foot problems and stuff, you're like, how much longer is he going to go? Maybe that's just the lens I'm viewing. But, yeah. you know, anybody behind him, I really can't pull anything right now. You know, you got Tatum scoring a bunch of points as a young guy. He's going to fill it through his 20s. He's got Deuce. You should, you know, he's probably going to want just kind of see his son grow up and maybe Definitely. be around while Deuce comes in the league, if Deuce yeah. is good enough. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like you start talking about that stuff, and you're like, man, is LeBron going to put enough points up where it's like here we are in 2022 finally talking about a record that's probably going to be beaten from 1986? Is yeah. that our next run, you know? 
yeah, another, another 30, 40 year stretch of this being the record. Doesn't seem that unreasonable to think it'll last for a while, but I don't know that anyone that's playing now really has a, a clear shot at it. No one's putting up that many crazy numbers early in their career that you would say that they're definitely on pace. Who knows though? You know, there's some I mean, guys like Luca, which I'm sure we'll get to at some point. Guy has a long career ahead of him, puts up some points. You never know, but it's the longevity piece of LeBron that's always been the amazing part. I mean, there's guys that can put up points for stretches, but I mean, this guy's been doing it for, for so long. It's pretty remarkable. So big LeBron guy. A huge LeBron guy now. It's nice <laughs> to be here. I'll remember that on our text strings. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my number five. What do you got? We're just going to kind of finish up this Laker train because they were actually my number, my number four item. It wasn't so much LeBron as it was the Lakers because it's remarkable how bad they, they are. And I'm interested. I mean, I think the only thing they have really going for them is this LeBron record that they're going to be chasing and they'll play prime time a bunch, play Christmas, all that sort of stuff. But I am interested to see if they even make the playoffs, like that's got to be their goal at this point. They, they could have a year as expected and still be like the ninth, 10th best team in the West and not even make the playoffs, which is pathetic. You know, and it's like, you started to read some of that brawny stuff, like LBJ wanted to play. You knew his contract was up this year. And I've kind of been sitting back wondering, is he going to extend, you know, is LeBron a money guy at this point? You know what I mean? Or is he sort of going to position himself to be able to be a free agent, to maybe place himself somewhere, to be with his son, if that's a factor for him? Or throwing that aside, like you said, looking at that roster, LeBron actually had some personal flexibility to kind of bounce out of that. Uh And, you know, now he has it. You know, he just re-upped for two years. He's he's an L.A. guy now. His family's there. His kids are kind of entrenched over there. I don't think he's looking to leave. Obviously, he wants to win his fifth championship and be in that same conversation with Kobe and somehow get the six. I don't know how realistic that is. I think that stuff's important, but he's a LA guy and plays for the most prestigious team in the league. So I can't imagine he's in a rush to get out of that situation, despite how bad the team is. It really hinges on Anthony Davis. Yeah. And whether or not we get Anthony Davis from a couple of years ago when they won that championship and before where he was a real beast um, or the one that we've had the past couple of years, that's just shooting threes, not really rebounding the same way health has always been an issue for him. So you really never know. You expect he's going to miss some stretch of the season, but I, I think their season kind of lives or dies with what Anthony Davis can provide. He's, you know, Anthony's such a, unit. I like, I love that kid. Like you don't get bigs like that. Can, that can mm-hmm. play physical. He can play from the perimeter. He can move his feet. Well, although, he, you know, it kind of gets some lower body injuries every now and again, but when they were positioning to move him over to LA, you remember Boston was in it and a couple other teams could offer up and it, it wasn't even a thing probably behind the scenes. All they had to do was wait until that off season and just acquire him and pay for him. Yep. But that trade was forced and you got rid of Ingram, you know, subsequently other guys had to leave to open up salary slots for that. To your point, you have AD, you have LeBron James, how much longer does that last? The unicorn area that we just rambled about. And he's like, you got Russell Westbrook. Like, how does that even fit? Yeah, like, it what does that even do for you? Nothing. It so, doesn't. And maybe in hindsight, if you got somebody and you're having a couple of drinks and you're talking to the guy that's running the Lakers, he might, he might admit, Jesus, I wish I waited to the off season. Cause he'd, he'd have Ingram, he'd have Kuzma, he'd have a couple yeah. other guys and it's, but then they, I mean, even the year they won it, they had a guy like Alec, Alex Caruso, who's a pretty good defensive player, and gone. You know, they just couldn't even hold it together, their championship team. So I guess that's basketball, right? There's so much money being being thrown around and people moving all over the place. But you would expect them to be able to put some more competitive players on the floor. 
and make a run at at least being in that top half and getting getting one series at home. But here we are, you know, a win would be them just sneaking in somehow. So anyways, um, that's well, way too much Lakers talk to start. But they're definitely, for a team that's not that good, they obviously have one of the best players ever. Definitely excited to see how that season plays out. Had to get put on the list somewhere, wanted to put it on the fifth spot. Yep. So, so what about four for you, my man? I called it running it back. Okay. So if you had a guess, it's probably the Brooklyn Nets. Really? Um, okay. I would have thought I, that I just, just from that. Dude, I just don't know what they're doing in Brooklyn. Like, if you're KD, so multiple things happen. And I, from what I've read and sort of confirmed stuff that I've followed, allegedly confirmed, like, it was basically Kyrie and KD saying to, I believe it's Marks that was running. Actually, Marks was the coach. I can't remember who the general manager was. They basically said, we're coming to Brooklyn. Yeah. Like, what do you... What do you do if you're the GM? Yeah, sure. All right. I'll take you two guys. Easy. They're Easy. just lucky yeah. that they happen to be in Brooklyn. And that's like, something What does that look like now? I mean, you had Kyrie sort of with the COVID stance and all that stuff. So he was like in and out of the lineup based on that stuff. KD comes over. He's recovering from a surgery. So you don't even get him year one. Mm -hmm. so then you had Harden. Harden's extracted. Now you're taking Simmons. It's like... I don't even know how any of that makes sense. I mean, it's almost like a Lakers thought process too. It's like, how do those guys fit with each other? Because Kyrie's such an awesome point guard. Simmons is a point, he can't shoot. So what are you gonna have him do? They just had to get rid of Harden last year. That was the whole thing with Harden. And the only reasonable person to get back was Simmons, but it's too bad they couldn't make it with those, make it work with those other three guys because those guys were studs. But I mean, it's, Kyrie gets hurt all the time. Katie's at that point where he's getting hurt all the time. If you'd made that those signings and trade for Harden and all that stuff and simulated it a hundred times, this is like the worst case possible scenario of how it plays out, I think. And and I think the thing is too is the dismantling of the whole trust the process, if you will, mm -hmm. was Harden knowing enough, I need to get the hell out of here. Because yeah. behind the scenes, he's probably seeing this. He's seeing Kyrie, how that is. You know, that COVID stuff aside, it's like you've always heard how kind of a different person he is. So I would think that Harden is like, man, get me the F out of here, which he did. Then KD subsequently wants to. But, like, if you're a GM and you know that KD wants to leave, and he's a really good scorer, but he's had yep. some leg issues and he's not getting any younger. It's like, so what are you going to do? If you're, if you're like the guy running the Celtics, are you, oh yeah, let me, let me give you Jalen. Let me give you multiple first. Let me give you some of these prospect guys I have on the roster. It's like, no, why would I do that? So it's, it's funny how ironically these guys chose their landing spot. Now they can't extract themselves because of themselves. Yeah. So. Yeah, and KD, sorry, he put out that trade request and no one could give the pieces that the Nets were going to take to make it happen. And he just kind of had to you know, quietly go back to the team and act like they came to some mutual agreement. It's kind of funny. <laughs> I mean, what an awful situation to be in for those guys and Steve Nash. I mean, honestly, Brooklyn's not even on my list because we smoked them so bad in the playoffs last year. And I just hope they absolutely suck this year. But who knows? We'll okay. see. Okay, so how about this before I move on from it? Chris, why did you put that at number four? Well, because I hate the way that Kyrie left the Celtics. <laughs> I, listen, I I hope those guys finish last this year in the Eastern Conference and then go on a slump and finish last the next five years. 
Grudge Chris is out. I love it. Same here, man. That guy, he sucks. He sucks. I mean, like you said, COVID stuff aside, you know, I just think back to when he was sitting on that stool uh, on the floor at the garden talking about, if you guys will have me, I'll resign and my career, all that stuff. It's just a bunch of garbage. He, he sucks. So. Man, it's, it's just so weird. It's like, yeah, 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 I love you. I'm going to marry you. And then like seven minutes later, oh, man, that, geez, I want, I want to go with that girl. Yeah. So and, and then the way, he, the way he performed in that last playoff series, just totally mailed it in. Didn't do anything. No effort. Just garbage. Hope for yep. bad things for Brooklyn. You know, I loved sweeping them last year. I don't know if that'll be the case this year, but I loved it last year. And honestly, I'm not that scared of them. There are other teams in the East that we'll get through that I'm a little bit more scared of. So for me, number four, I think this one might be a little bit of a surprise for you, but it's the Victor Wembenyama watch. And who's tanking for him? Have you seen this guy lately? Interesting scenario, huh? Like seven plus feet. Some five fluid shoots, defends. I think he's 18 right now. French oh. kid. And uh, people say he's like the most clear number one pick since freaking, you know, 30 years ago. So people will be tanking for him. And the teams that I have tanking, I'm looking at some over-unders on the win total. It's San Antonio with 24 and a half wins. Utah with 24 and a half. Wizards with 35 and a half, Sacramento with the same, Trailblazers with 39 and a half. So any one of those teams would have a shot at him. I could see them all tanking for him, give themselves the best chance. That's so Danny Ainge, by the way. Like you bring this kid's name up. Like when Danny's been tearing this apart incrementally with the Rudy trade and Mitchell going to the Cavs, I'm like, why is he doing this? He's accumulating picks. So I hop on the Google machine, hoopsite.com, which is a big big source for me for the yeah. last 15 years. I start watching this kid's film and I'm like, this is KD with a couple more inches with some more meat on his bone. It's like, how do you stop that dude? Yeah. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. One team that kind of strikes me on that list is the Spurs, right? It seems like a good place to end up where you're not in some big city. Not that, you know, Salt Lake City is one of those big cities, but you know, San Antonio is one of the smaller markets in the NBA. Great coach, always produce great players. It'd be a, a pretty cool spot for him to land in. But I'm, I'm interested to see how it plays out. I'm sure there'll be a ton of talk about it. This guy really only got on my radar in the in the past few weeks. So it's, it seems like he'll be on everyone's radar throughout the course of the season, as this is something people talk about. Him in San Antonio is sort of the comparable to that of Zion in New Orleans. Yeah. It's like Zion to me, I was thinking New York, you know, some big market, because those guys had a shot at the number one. It's kind of funny how we ended up there. So sometimes you kind of wonder what that matters. Um, yeah, I guess, right, because you're not losing games to 100% get that first pick. You're just kind of trying to get more balls in the lottery, I guess. And you, know, you could come in last and have a bunch more lottery balls than everyone else, but still not get that first pick. So it's hard to, like, chase it 100%. I'm excited about that kid. So how about three for you? Sixers and James Harden. Interesting. So, so this is kind of... You know, continuation of a Brooklyn thought with him going to the Sixers. So he put in a bunch of effort this summer. He looks like he's back in shape. As I started going through some of these rosters, there's a common theme for the well, the guy, the teams that are in contention, alleged contention, is that you've got a solid big three, and then you've got these sort of entry level guys that are filling the rosters. You know, where you've drafted in the mid teens, or you had something in the early twenties that you hit. The Sixers are interesting for me because they have that decent balance, kind of like the Celtics, although they're a little bit older. They're big three, Tobias, 
Embiid, you never know what's going to go on with his feet, but he's, you know, and then obviously I, I don't want to trash on that, but, and then he's over, I think he's 33 years old. I'm kind of curious to see where the Sixers are going to land this year. I know that's sort of a boring take for number three, but they're going to be at the top of the East. Can they get it together? Is Harris a good number three? Will the rest of that roster kind of hold on to, to press the Celtics, to press Miami? You know, and then you got Milwaukee. So I'm curious to see where the Sixers go this year. Are they going to be our main competition? Well, there's a lot of people that thought Embiid could have won the MVP last year. His numbers were certainly up there, probably just not quite enough to get it done. And it didn't ultimately get done. But, you know, I don't know if he's back. He seemed to care about stuff like that. So I don't know if that motivates him to come back, play harder, put himself in a position to win it. They definitely were a team that I expected more from last year was legitimately scared of them as, as a competitor, but they just didn't ultimately have what it took in the playoffs. Another year, it goes by more time with James Harden, and I think it could be a little bit different. So I'm interested to see as well. So what do you got? Number three for me, let's see. For me, it's the Warriors, dude. I'm interested to see. I was surprised when they won it all. Not in the playoffs and in the finals. They were like clearly the better team the way they were playing. But I was surprised that they were in that position last year. I mean, Steph is amazing. Like I used to think Steph was the worst and he was so dramatic after he hit a three and he'd take his mouthpiece out and you know, roll it around his mouth. And it seemed like it was like such a big deal. He hit these threes. I'm like, this guy sucks. But now I'm like the biggest Steph guy. I think he's the freaking absolute <laughs> man. But I'm surprised that they were as good as they were last year and they won it all. And a whole year goes by, everyone's a little bit older. There's some discontent on the team with the, the dream on Green and Jordan Poole fight scenario that just happened. Can they come out of the West? I don't think the West is that strong. So yeah, there's a good chance they could. I'm, I'm wondering about Poole because you probably noticed it in the finals last year where it's like that guy came in and that was a spark guy. I'm kind of hoping that's what Brogdon is for the Celtics coming off the bench. You know, I know he's not as energetic Brogdon as Poole, but like Draymond just smacking this kid right in the face. Like, it makes you wonder if Poole's going to come back with that swag. And I guess you're in the NBA and you set that aside and it shouldn't affect you. But, like, if you're a high-energy guy, you're running your mouth all the time, that's sort of your stick. That's kind of what gets you to get you to go. I don't know. I hope that Draymond didn't take a little bit of that power from him, if you will, because yeah. that kid's big for that roster. Because, really, what's coming off of that bench, Iggy? I mean, they got Wiseman coming back this year. He missed the whole year last yeah. year. You got guys getting a little bit older on that roster. And look, I'm not trashing on the Warriors. I debated in my one through five to talk about it. I actually anticipated you putting it in, in there. Really? So yeah. It. But yeah, they stomped us. They really did. They, they stomped us. Curry. Oh, dude, he is. Awesome. We've talked about it before. I am just so amazed at how he shoots a basketball. I don't really quite understand it. And his warm-up routines and what that guy can do with a basketball. I mean, I've seen videos of him hitting freaking 53s in a row. It's like, it's like, what? What am I even looking at right now? He's so much better than everybody else. And there's been some amazing shooters over the years. He's so much better than all of them. It's incredible. So, and he seems like a pretty good dude too. You know, like he's a, seems like a good leader, good teammate, good person. So in the world of guys like Kyrie and some other knuckleheads out there, it's kind of cool to root for a guy that seems like a decent enough guy. I think that's big because, like, young kids are watching these guys. Mm -hmm. And he's an excellent role model, so I agree with that 1,000%. I like, the you know, the, the weird stuff he does where he looks up and he touches. <laughs> and, like, none of that stuff for me. But then again, I grew up in the 90s. Coaches yelled at us if we actually breathed a little too loud. So I don't want to be, like, an old guy 
you know, yeah. traction on that too much. I could do without some of that, but for the most part, that kid's amazing. Curry's he's awesome. awesome. And, and Clay always has always loved Clay. I probably came around to Clay before I liked Curry. And I think that dude's just so cool, man. It's fun watching him shoot and those guys playing together. Like, I hope he has a better year this year. You know, I know he came back last year. He missed a bunch of time. I hope he has a great year. We'll see. I have this weird fixation. There's this guy on the web that mimics people's shooting form and how yeah. they walk and these I've seen this you know, like Curry. Yeah. I am so fixated on how like Thompson sort of swags it out when he's running through yeah. after he scores a bucket. Especially, you know, because I watched his old man play for the yeah. Lakers in yeah. the 80s. His old man was a seven-footer. No coordination, in my opinion, just a bruiser. And here's his young son just flying around buckets on buckets on buckets. I mean, excellent shooter. We talk about Curry. Man, if that kid didn't get hurt, Thompson, what's that look like the last couple of years for the Warriors? If it wasn't for Curry, Clay would be the best shooter in the NBA. Right? He's an amazing shooter on his own, historically as well. And yeah, it's weird when you're behind the best of all time, but he's, he's made a hell of a name for himself too. Didn't he put like 40 points on a quarter once, sir? Yeah. Something ridiculous like that? That's yeah. insane. I, I think he has the NBA record. Somebody could fact check me. I think it's 14 threes. Yeah. It's, that's insane to me. Like, I mean, the record for the longest time was eight, and then it went mm -hmm. to 11. I, went, I remember when Brian Shaw pushed it to 11. I was like, Brian Shaw shot 11 threes. Totally. Made 11 threes. Now it's like 14. Where is this number going? Probably shot 20. I think, I don't know if we were talking about, I was talking about this with someone, but I've been watching The Last Dance again lately yeah. for whatever reason, like awesome dog. Awesome. And I was at the episode where Jordan hit the six threes against the Blazers, 92 finals. And yeah. that was an NBA record at the time, six three-pointers. Everyone was going insane. And this guy's hit six three-pointers a quarter now every game. It's no big deal. So, MJ, I watched that game when it was on. Yeah, I hate to admit, by the way, for everyone watching, how many games that I've watched live that I remember, and I remember what happened in quarters and minutes and how many fouls. Like, I'm insanely weird with that stuff. Yeah. He, I think he hit five in the first half, and that one on Uncle Cliff, where he kind of shrugs to Marv yeah. Albert as he's walking by. It was like, can you imagine a guy celebrating now for five first half three corners? <laughs> I know. It was like a national holiday after he did that, and it was incredible. <laughs> so... But yeah, good good topic with the Warriors. I I have to say that I think I don't really actually I do have an opinion on this, but I, it really sways back and forth. I don't know who's deeper, the East or the West. The Warriors have some work to get out of the West again. I was looking at the odds as well. I feel like I like the East better. I think it's a little bit more competitive. But yeah, I mean, the Warriors aren't going to just walk out of there. I'm interested to see who you're picking out of the West, and, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But yeah, they have some they have some teams to, to watch out for. Yeah. All right. So we are at your number two. What do we got? We're at three, I think, right? No, we just did Sixers. Harden. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Number two. Sorry, Randy. I'll let you do the math from here on out. <laughs> Luca. Let's talk about Luca. Okay. So can you guess? I'm going to bring this up. Again, I was looking at roster depth, you know, the top tier teams in. Luca was just this topic for me. I don't know where I'm going to go with this on number two, but one of the one of the areas that I want to start is, is I have salaries up for the rosters for Dallas. Okay. The second highest salary on that team is twenty million dollars. So Luca makes thirty-seven million. 
I'd pay Luca $137 million. This yeah. kid's amazing. But who do you think the second best, well, might be the second best player on the team making $20 million? I honestly don't know. I don't even know much about their roster. I wanted to put Dallas in here somewhere, but I just don't know enough about their team. I just don't think they're having good players. So who, who is it? Well, it's Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah. That's he makes probably that much their Jeez, $20 million. Davis Bertans making $16 million. Yeah. Tim Hardaway Jr., old man Tim, crossover yeah. Tim, drafted by the Warriors. His son is making $19 million. Like, I'm looking at this roster. Christian Wood. Who's Christian Wood? He's making $14 million. They have to get some people around him, some with legit players. Dinwiddie's like a bench guy. He's like a six-man guy. I don't even – can't believe he makes $20 million. NBA is insane with that stuff. So here's what's going to happen with this, and I think ultimately where my thought is going with number two, Luca. I don't know if that's a good number two. You know what I mean? I don't know if I'm teasing this the correct way. Can, but I, I, think... can I just – I'm going to piggyback my number two with yours. Okay, go for, go for it. Real quick. And it was like guys that are going to really make the leap this year. And I had Luca in that category, although some people might say he's already made that leap, but I still look at him as a guy. He hasn't won MVP, hasn't taken his team that far in the playoffs. He was a little bit fr little frisky in the playoffs this year, but like, is he going to make the leap? Guys like, and leap is different for everybody. Like the leap for me is him like making it to the championship or really being like a top something MVP. But like you have a guy like Tatum already taking his team to the championship, but is he, he made all the NBA too, but it still seems like he has a level to go. Is a guy like John Morant going to make a leap this year? Guy's an absolute stud player. You know, a guy like Zion, is he going to come back from being hurt? Is he going to like make a real leap to be an impact player in the NBA, living up to that hype that you know, people had for him? I say a guy like Trey Young, right? He's He's been a stud for the Hawks, but you have these like young guys that are all four, five, six years in the NBA. Are those guys ready to get up there on the level with the LeBrons, KDs, the Giannis's, the Kawhis. So I don't know, that, that whole batch there. And I guess the guess the reason I piggyback off it is because Luke is kind of in there for me. Yeah. If I, I wish that someday this podcast is as big as any podcast, I wish <laughs> I had Stephen A. Clout because <laughs> you mentioned Jason Tatum. I'll get back to Luca for a second. The amount of, I don't want to call it princess because I love the kid. Like when you talk about a leap, you cannot, and I don't care if it was a shoulder, an elbow, I don't, I don't care if he had a knee that was broken. What I witnessed in the NBA finals, you know, I often, and I hate to say this, I think he has too much Paul George in him, Tatum. Yeah. It drives me insane because you want to see him go from here to here. And the NBA Finals was such a great place to do it. And it's like he had a few moments, you know, he made that basket against Brooklyn to win it in game one at home. Like, that's cool. But it's like, man, you're getting to the NBA Finals. Go Steph Curry on it, you know? His effort was so bad. So disappointing. Oh. I hope it doesn't define his career. I hope he has an opportunity to bounce back. I hope it's in a Boston uniform. And I have a feeling we'll get to that in a, in a couple seconds. But, yeah. like, it's really disappointing the performance that he had. And it's one thing to lose in the NBA Finals to an all-time great team. I consider the Warriors to be a dynasty, although people's definition is different. Like, that's a great team. Hard to feel really that bad about losing to them. But when you factor in the way your number one player, your all-NBA guy played, it was pretty pretty piss poor. It was. So, Luca. Yeah, sorry. Just getting back to that, I watched Charles Barkley play 
with guys like so when the when he was first drafted, he had Dr. J. He had a couple other Andrew Tony, Jeff Rulin, a couple other dudes. I could keep going on and on for our older guys listening to the pod, but then it was just Johnny Dawkins, a couple other guys for years. And in the narrative with Barkley was, all right, is he ever going to get a championship? He eventually gets moved up. I mean, the Sixers do. They're like, you know what? We are absolutely terrible at putting good talent around him. We're miring in middle of the East. We're picking in the mid-teens. We're not helping him. We're not drawing any free agents. Back to Luka. How do you have a program like what Mark Cuban runs? Like one of the best facilities, 27 million coaches, everything provided for everything that you need. A tax-free state. Tax which, free, which is something for these guys, right? Like I mean, Texas is one of those places. Dude, if you like money and you don't want to give money to the government, I mean, yeah. It's, it's a big, I mean, I doubt that's ever a deciding factor for people, but I mean, people say it's a reason that they go to Texas or Florida is that lack of state income tax. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that make Dallas a great place to play. It's not like he's trying to get people to Cleveland or Minnesota or something like that. So... You know what I mean? It's it's number two on my list. How does my list look right now if I'm putting a Luca narrative on number two? I want to jump ahead a little bit. I actually think there might be some trouble brewing in this Dallas Luca scenario because he is so talented enough where they will be on the fringe of the playoffs. They might make the playoffs. They'll draft in the, the 20s. What are you going to put around him? And eventually... Is he going to look at Mark and he's going to be like, Mark, dude, it's been a good run for us. But, I mean, trade me over to this team. You could get three prospects right now, four first-round draft picks, and I could actually do something in the playoffs. I totally. it, it kind of – the basketball connoisseur that I am, it sucks for me that that kid is in Dallas with those teammates. There mm-hmm. you go. Yep. Look forward to seeing what happens in his career because he's one of those guys that – could be an all-timer when it's all said and done. Yep. All right, number one, pal. I think we might have something similar for number one, so why don't you get started? The Boston Celtics. Yeah. You're number one? Yeah, definitely. Celtics, so, everything revolving around them, leading up to the season, what I expect for the season, yeah, they're definitely my number one. I think they're very interesting regardless of the fact that we happen to be big Boston fans. Like, I think they're an interesting team. So you have that Tatum stuff that we just talked about. Yeah, we just lost. So we've lost, I think, two out of our last three championships. Two of them to the Lakers. One in the '80s, '87, I believe. The 2010, where I lost my mind at your house and I yep. left early because I knew a minute and a half to go. I've seen this before. I couldn't handle it. I went home. I was a baby. I was Chris. Then we lose to the Warriors. Some positives from there. Mm-hmm. I think the bench needed help, so we get Brogdon. We just ship out a couple dudes. Nothing big. Brogdon is such a good signing. I'm oh. so excited about having him come off the bench. Awesome. Great signing. Yeah. It was a trade, actually. My bad. Yeah, yeah, it was a trade. And then we got Gallinari. Like, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Sneaky, it was. Sneaky. Sneaky. Like, he, he's a big two. He's kind of a bruiser. And when I say a big, he's not like your seven-foot bang with guys. But in today's, like, sort of everybody fits everywhere type of climate on the basketball court, he could bang with some guys and he could hit some threes. Oh, my God. Shooting off the bench, and we have somebody to distribute the basketball in Brogdon. Awesome. Best-case scenario. Take it from there, man. Yeah, you have to be really excited about those two signs because it's kind of what we needed, right? We have some 
good guys on our team. We needed some depth, needed some shooting. And you think you have those two pieces added with what we have. We didn't really lose much, like you said. And, like, let's go, right? <laughs> like, let's yeah. let's get this season started. And then all of a sudden, Gallinari's playing in that, what was a celebrity game with LeBron, goes up to contest a shot, freaking knee injury. People unsure if it's a meniscus or if it's, a you know, something where it's only going to be a few months. But, nope, it's a tear. And guys out for the season. So what the hell? <laughs> you know, we should have known at that point that things are not going to get any better or they're going to get worse before they got better from there. I think, I don't know if we found out before or after, I think after that Robert Williams was going to miss a good part of the front end of the season, right. Going back in for surgery. I don't think yeah. they expect until the new year, right. I don't think he'll be back till after the holidays. There's some stuff where it was like four to six weeks, but like I read recently where he's still walking around with a crutch, mm -hmm. not four to six weeks. No. Yeah. So, I mean, we need him and that's okay. Right. Like, Let's get this out of the way. Early NBA season doesn't matter that much. We need him healthy for the playoffs, but still not a great sign. Like another another strike against us or one of those things we just kind of have bad karma on. And then everything that happened with Ime a couple weeks ago, it's like, God damn it. You know, like you think yeah. you have one of the best upcoming coaches in the NBA and obviously you got what he deserved. It sounds like, right? We don't really know the details, but it had to happen the way it happened. But man, it's just a bummer to, to really feel like you're in a good position after a couple of those trades heading into the season. And then these three things happen. And here we are a week before the season. We have a interim coach and kind of some bad vibes going on. I'm going to, I'm going to spin this positive for a second, but I'm going to play a little bit of a woe is me here. Why can't seriously, why can't we have nice things when it comes to the Boston Celtics? Like everybody that knows you and I, Randy knows that we, you know, Tom Brady, yeah. we are so lucky to have Brady. We've got, what, four championships with the Red Sox, so that's cool. Bruins threw one in there. Celtics got one in there. But deep down, as much as I'd love Brady throwing touchdowns and winning Super Bowls, like, I'm a, I'm a Celtics guy. Mm -hmm. Like, give me the Celtics all day, every day. Since the 80s, we had that horrible run in the 90s. We missed out on Duncan. You know, we had Reggie You Dye should have had Duncan that year. So, kind of for the reason we were talking about before, you get the most ping pong balls, and that does not guarantee you – I think no. we ended up getting, what did we get, Mercer and Billups that year? Yes, we did, yeah. You know, so you have two picks, I think, in the top five, and you're like, okay, but it's still not dunking. We just need things yeah. to break for us. Yeah, it's actually surprising that we even got that Rayon trade, which kind of led to the Garnett situation. But stuff like that doesn't happen that often. You know, like the Tatum thing was maybe one of those scenarios where things kind of work out in our favor, but it seems like it seems like it's an uphill battle for whatever reason. So I don't want to be negative, but it's like a couple of things. It's like in the late 80s, you get lucky to draft Reggie. Reggie's sort of taking over for Bird. Naturally, Reggie does. 86, you swindle the Seattle Supersonics. I believe we traded Gerald Henderson when they needed a point. We got a future first, and we end up drafting Len Bias. So it's like you put in Bias with Bird McHale, interject some youth. Then you get lucky and get Reggie. Bias and Reggie are taking over. I don't know why I'm doing this stuff with my hands, but I'm starting to feel it. So you have like these things that happen that could have sort of turned over. And as a basketball fan, you know, I, my viewing pleasure, I like, I'm kind of stripped of that. And I mean, you even mentioned Jason Tatum, like, since I'm feeling it right now, like one of those little things is, is that Danny, by the way, Danny, Danny to me is a genius, but a lot of things didn't play out the way that he wanted them to. He got lucky that Miami didn't trade the lefty there, I forget his name, a couple of years ago, we were going to give up a treasure chest of picks. But yeah. the Tatum thing, like, we know ball's going first. 
we know that the Sixers needed a point false. Uh-huh. So, like, we swindle that trade. We get a future first that was from Memphis. Memphis hadn't been out of the lottery for a decade. Well, not and here we are. Get, yeah, we get Tatum, and I'm like, Jesus, you know, I don't want to swear, but I'm like, Jesus Christ, this pick actually can convert pretty nicely. So there's, like, future assets. Same thing when we got rid of Jeff Green. Sorry, I'm going off on this. But no, I love it. Dude, Jeff Green, we traded a future first. Granted, it was somewhat protected for from Memphis. And all of a sudden, the year that we converted that, naturally, they're in the playoffs. So it's crap pick. So it's like I, I've sort of gone down this rabbit hole of what could have been, and I know I've kind of mentioned some random things here. Chris, get to your point. So Gallinari, yeah, that sucks. Okay, that sucks. Grogdon, yep. awesome. Williams, man. I gotta tell you, I'm gonna spin a positive on the eBay thing. Okay. I'm gonna ask you a question. If you're watching the Warriors and Celtics as much as you did, right? I know you were locked in like I was. Definitely. How many times can you run your two best players at the top of the key, mind you, when they are exhausted, and mind you, when they have clay, and, you know, a lot of times Curry was out there switching, you know, everything's interchangeable, but like. Yeah. You have two bigs, Tatum and Brown. Granted, they can control the basketball. Brown so much, you know, sometimes he looks like he's on ice skates. How do you not put those dudes in the post? How do you not back up Clay? How do you not exhaust Clay? How do you not get a couple fouls on Clay early and Steph? So spinning it with Ime, like, look, I'm just Chris Goodard. I do mortgages. I've raised my daughter. I'm married. I get it. What the hell do I know? But, dude. How many screen and rolls are you running? How many times are you running four out, one in? Put those dudes in the post. Go beat up on somebody. Change it up. In-game adjustments. Doc Rivers was amazing at it. Yeah. Shout out to Doc. Yeah, so this could be – I don't want to say it's a good thing because I don't think it's necessarily a good thing karma-wise, chemistry-wise, but it might not be as bad as I initially thought. Like that – this new interim coach could be – could be good for the team, could unite the team. So it just, it has a really bad feeling at this point where you're heading into the season and you're just like, you gotta be kidding me. You're right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just, so I'm excited about the season. I'm excited about the chemistry of our guys. I'm excited that they made it where they did in the playoffs, tasted it, ultimately lost. I mean, Jordan didn't win his finals his first few years, right? I mean, he had a progression of making it to the playoffs, losing early rounds, making it to the Eastern Conference finals, losing, never lost in the finals, but still, like, there's a a learning curve to all that stuff. So I'm interested to see how the guys bounce back. I actually am a big Marcus Smart fan now. I just like his energy. Don't – I'll never like him shooting those threes, those, you know, those no, 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 yes threes when he makes them. Like, I just – I'll never like that, but, like, love the intensity, just love what he brings on the court. Yeah, Jalen can't dribble for hell, but he's a fun player to watch. Tatum, I'm hoping we can forget about that stuff. And then Williams, I think, is a really good center in this league. So I like what we have. We just keep throwing in the pieces, and we'll run it back and see what happens. It's a long season. Williams, to me, has this, like, Capella type of ceiling. You know, high screen and rolls. Maybe in the texturing you saw it. I think Williams needs to learn how to do the Gronk thing after Gronk had his knee shredded a couple times. It's like... You notice with Gronk when he's catching seam passes before he retired the last couple of years, like mm-hmm. he caught balls now and he looked. Yeah. Like who's coming? Gronk's aware of this time. Where I'm going with that is like, dude, you don't need to jump at everything. Like you're 24 years old. I get it. You're a pogo stick, but like 
you clearly have some knee issues, sit out a couple plays here, man. It's a yeah. long season. Preserve, definitely. It is a long season. So and it could all have it could all work out to our benefit. Like we said, it's a long season. Playoffs don't start till the springtime, right? People will hopefully be healthy by then. A lot of this bad karma stuff will be behind us. It's the reason I put them number one, man. I think they're a great team. I think they have just as good of a chance coming out of the East as anyone else. It'll just be interesting to see how they bounce back after what's been a tough stretch for the past four or five months. But nothing like when they're good, man. It, you know, like you said, love seeing Tom win championships. And I'm probably more of a football guy than a basketball guy ultimately, but I do love, do love basketball, do love the Seas. You know, that stretch when Garnett, Pierce, and Allen were together, that was fun, man. You know, like, didn't get a taste of the bird stuff that you might have caught the tail end of, but, like, that was fun. Last year was fun. Going to those Eastern Conference Championship game, watching the Celts every other night, that was that was great, man. Nothing like that. So, hoping for more of that. A little bit of a narrative, too, with Boston. It's like, you talk about that that demographic and, like, who would want to come to Boston and stuff. Like, I, I've never really thought that we had enough cap space other than the Horford year. And then the, and I didn't mention it with Gordon Hayward in the rant about why can't we have nice things. We've signed free agents, but like, man, you mentioned KG. KG to me made Boston cool. Not that that yeah. matters in the long run, but like there was something there with KG. And you and I ran into each other so many times at Celtics games, which was oh. so, so odd. But like, the electricity in the building when KG just slammed his chest, dropped a couple of MFers, and it's like, I I want that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want that back with Tatum and Brown. But a couple of quick things with the Celtics before we move on. It's like, now that we're missing Williams, now that Gallinari's gone, it's like, you, are you leaning a little bit too much on Horford? Probably not because, you know, he's got a lot of miles on his body. So how does that, how does that look? Are we really just kind of running too three, four, fours out there, you know what I mean? And yep. every night, every now and again, when we're running into the MBs of the world, we're going to get pasted. I don't know how this looks, you know? Horford was awesome last year in the playoffs. I'm yeah. interested to see what he has left in the tank. Part of me felt like it was like a last hurrah thing for him. You know, that's why I like felt good about like them having a chance to win it, win it for Horford. Cause I, I don't know that he can repeat some of his performances. Definitely can't do it on a nightly basis, but like, I don't know. I, I'll be interested to see what he has in the tank. He's a great locker room dude. Like that guy a lot. And I think one last thing is like the white, when we got Derek White last year, it kind of seemed like he was pressing a little bit. I'm mm -hmm. excited for year two white. I guess he worked a little bit on the hitch of, on his jump shot. You know me, I'm a bit a big Instagram guy, so I've been creeping the Celtics like practice highlights. His shot okay. does look different, but I'm, I'm curious to see how the Brogdon white coming off the bench or maybe one of them starts you know, depending on this four or five matchup, you know, depending on who you're playing every night, like it's, there's a lot of redundancy in some areas. So I'm, I'm curious to see how it all fits. And then lastly, shout out to PP, you know, Pritchard. I love this kid. I just, I don't know how he's going to get on the court. It, it bums me out. Yeah. Some, something's got to give with the Brogdon signing. So it'll be tough, but it's good to have him. He can light a spark once in a while. All right, so that's our top five. It's a solid top five, man. It gets me a little bit fired up for the season. Just to recap, we both had a variation of LeBron and the Lakers at five. You had running yeah. back with the Nets on the fourth. I had the alien watch with Victor Wembignana, who's tanking for him. You had the Sixers in the third spot. I had Warriors. We both had Luka slash guys making the leap, and then the Celts number one. So pretty pretty similar, actually. You sneaking the Brooklyn Nets in there and the Sixers maybe a little bit surprising, but love it, dude. It's a great list. What's, what's that kid's name? 
Victor Wembignana. So it's going to be a tough one to say, dude. He's going to have to get a good nickname to kind of shorten that up a little bit. But yeah, uh, Victor Wembignana. I, I don't think I'm using the kid's name until we have a good nickname. Yeah, I might just call him Victor. You know, there's not a yeah. whole lot of big Victors out there. So I think if you just say Victor, people might just know who you're talking about. But we'll see. We'll see. All right. Moving on. We are going to make some predictions. Eastern Conference, Western Conference, NBA Finals champ, MVP. Why don't we start with the, the team predictions? We'll actually end with MVP. So who do you have coming out of the West? Man, I, I mean, it's sitting here on my phone on all the notes that I wrote. I went roster to roster. I went top five teams. I broke it down, the top threes on each one of these teams. I looked at the back half of the rosters. I looked at some of the salary cap flexibility. You could go anywhere. You could go Suns, but I, I think – Chris Paul getting older is never a good thing. Booker never plays a consistent amount of games. John Morant, I mean, the energy and the balls on that kid, wow. you know, you, you just look at that roster and it's just like, man, there's not a lot of help there, but that kid is good enough. You know, as much as I like Luca, I don't think he's got teammates to help him. Soda's kind of sneaky now. They got Rudy, they got Bennett, you know, they got Cat. Those dudes are working out. Again, Instagram creep on Chris Goddard's part, you know. No, what else is good? New Orleans. New Orleans gets has some pieces. Like, they're between Ingram and Zion and McCollum. Like, it's McCollum's crazy to say, you know, that they would come out of the West, but they can make some noise. Well, I, I don't think it's unrealistic. I was kind of going to get there. That's a solid team, man. That's a really good team. So it's like... That Western Conference, and I really sat against the East, and I was like, you know, what side is harder? I really don't have the answer. We're going to go with the Warriors. And dude, all that stuff you just said, and still pick the Warriors, that's yeah. Love it, dude. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so I'm going to draw a comparable here. 87 Celtics. Mikhail, foot injury. Danny Ainge twisted his ankle every other day. Robert Parrish smoking a lot of weed, no big deal, but also twisting ankles while he was doing it. They somehow got through that Eastern Conference that year to lose to a very motivated Magic Johnson. I don't know why I'm going down this history lesson for everyone, but it sort of has that feel for me. Curry, because he pulled a bird season, 87 bird was awesome. 86 bird was awesome. 87-88 Bird was also awesome, but he was carrying his dudes. He's got Clay Thompson back. Draymond, yeah, he just punched his teammate. But I really like the potential in that pool kit. Wiseman's coming back. I looked at that roster and I'm like, man, if they if they just actually stay healthy, I mean, they're going to casually win probably 52 to 55 games. <laughs> Hopefully they're healthy getting into the playoffs. And then just dudes like Curry just go from here to hear. So 87 Celtics comparable Warriors coming out of the West. I hope I'm severely wrong so everybody can shit on me, but I think I'm going to be right. Randy, your thoughts? Yeah, it's funny, dude. I, I actually took the Warriors too, and I did not want to take the Warriors, but here are the odds for the teams coming out of the West. Warriors are plus 600, so they're the favorite. Clippers are plus 600, right? So right there with them. I can't trust that team. Right, I can't trust Kawhi. I mean, they might be good, and maybe they'll surprise all of us, and good for them if they do, but, like, can't trust Kawhi. No. And there seems to be something wrong with that roster, with that 
team. I can't pick them, at least until I see them perform well this year, maybe pick them next year. Phoenix are next at plus 1,200. I feel like Phoenix missed their window, right? Like, mm-hmm. Aiton didn't do what he needed to do in the playoffs. I already said what you said about Paul, Booker. Booker's a great player, great young player, maybe even in that conversation for making a leap. But I think they missed their window. So I just can't pick them out of good conscience. Next is Nuggets plus 1,800. Oh, yeah. Jokic, is, Jokic doesn't even come up in this whole podcast. He's kind of a boring player, but obviously a stud. Yeah. Uh, Jamal Murray's coming back. Yeah. Pick them over the Warriors. I don't know, man. I don't think it's that close. The Lakers are actually plus 1,800, and that just might be public money. Teams I like more are teams like Grizzlies, New Orleans. Those teams are a couple years away maybe, right? Like for being in my mind, right, where I think the Warriors yeah. are there. They have all-time best players, got some pieces back, showed that they could do it this you know, this past year. I, it's hard for me to not pick them. I hate picking the most highly favored team, but that's, that's what I'm thinking for the West. You know, Randy, I looked at the odds too is – I have to give some love to the to the Nuggets, getting their point guard back. They got Porter back. And that's actually a sneaky decent team. Actually, I should have mentioned that. I, I was when I was doing my research, I was kind of looking at that, and I was like, can I ever take the Nuggets serious? Same thing with the Clippers. Yeah. Like to, to me, Paul George. I kind of compare Tatum to Paul George. A lot of times, I say Tatum has some Paul George in him. Paul George, back in the day when Miami got together, Paul George went into Miami and put up a bang biscuit of a game, beat Miami, and then the next game, I think he had like 12 points. How do you take that serious? And I hope that Tatum doesn't end up being Paul George. Yep. But, Jesus, I'm going back to hammering on Tatum again. I should stop doing that. But I don't I don't know. Both man. landed on the same thing. They have a good team. You know? So yep. I wouldn't be surprised at all. That's who, who I would expect to make the finals at this point. So how about Eastern Conference for you? Do you want to start? Yeah, I will start. I actually think the East is more competitive. Let me read you the odds for who, who makes the finals out of the East. Celtics plus 275, so they're a pretty heavy favorite. Bucks plus 325, Brooklyn plus 400, Miami plus 800, Philly plus 850, then it gets to the Cavs at 1,200 and a couple other teams beyond that. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like those are all pretty good teams. Brooklyn aside, really we already talked about them. Don't know what they can do, but like, yeah, Celtics, Bucks, Heat, Sixers, those are some pretty good teams with some some stud players. Love the Celts. For all the concerns that I previously addressed, I can't pick them to to make it. Bucks, I actually think would have made it this year if Middleton was was playing. Like they're a good team. Yes, he was unbelievable. <laughs> Like the fact that we got out of that series ahead was remarkable. You know, I could definitely see them. So I was inclined to pick them, but I'm actually going to take the Heat. And it's uh, okay. <laughs> All right. I, I'm, not this... guy. I'm not a Jimmy Butler guy. I was just so impressed with them last year. I thought they played their asses off mm-hmm. defensively, made big shots. I know they didn't add any super huge pieces, but like, I think they're a frisky team and a pretty competitive Eastern Conference. I'm going to take the Heat, see what happens. So I, I'm not going to come at you for that thought. I, I When I was looking over the Heat roster, I had this – tell me what you think of this. Well, you probably won't think the same thing as me because you picked him, but, like, you look at the Phoenix Suns and who's running point for them. Mm-hmm. Lowry. The Lowry factor. Yeah. Like, how he, much does he have left? Not much. Not much. So it's like you hope he came into camp in shape. I don't know. I haven't seen anything on yeah. him, but you're, you're right. Bam, you got Butler. Jimmy. Yeah. It's like, 
Well, Dragic was on the team, but also like Tyler. We got lucky yeah. Tyler was a little banged up. We got lucky that the point was banged up. So it's like they actually they actually are scrappy. It kind of reminds me of like some of those IT Celtics teams yeah. where it's like they just threw a bunch of dudes at you that ran around nonstop and hustled and outplayed everybody. Jimmy, they're well coached. They're in a position to make a move in the season. Like they yeah, could, they are. They could get somebody. I definitely think it's a long shot bet. But when I pick the Warriors out of the West, like I can't just pick the Celtics or, or the Bucks out of the East because you know it really for me it came down to Heat Bucks, and I'm just gonna roll the dice on the Heat. They played their ass off. They could easily went to the finals last year. Yep. So I picked the Celtics. Wow. Surprise, shock, right? Teams that so that I Mac won. Jones conversation, the Patriots didn't carry any weight with like you not picking. Okay. Yeah, no, guys, I'm gonna double down. Look, feel free to hammer on me if these predictions looked terrible. Teams that I thought could beat the Celtics. Middleton being back with the Bucks. The Bucks, I think, are such an issue. Shout out real quick to Grant Williams, how he played the yeah. Greek. I worry about what Robert Williams looks like, along with Horford being able to handle the Greek. So ultimately, here's my Celtics thought, but it's contingent upon a couple of things. And yeah. we need we need somebody to cover or try to cover the Greek. Because ultimately, if I'm wrong with my Celtics thought, I'm going Greek. Okay. I, I think we both have some respect for the Bucks. There's no doubt yeah. about that. I, I'm probably going Greek, Bucks. I'm probably going Miami behind them. Because I just think they're better coached. I for, I love Doc, but I just I, I think they're better than the Sixers. And I think the Sixers are behind it. So Celtics, Bucks, Miami, Sixers, and then where do you go from there? I, I don't know. But so who's your NBA final winner? I would say the Warriors again. Which is yeah. wild, man. I can't believe I would even say that. But like, it's just I don't know, dude. It's crazy. But that's that's how could I pick? The Heat, they would kind of be my upset team to even make it to the finals. It's the Warriors to lose, man. So I'm going to steal something that you said earlier, like the leap scenario. <laughs> With everything that's going on in Boston, I think Jalen's better. I think his athleticism, I think he's just got that Jimmy Butler type You are of the biggest homer. God, I love oh, you. so homer. <laughs> but I think he's going to be that much better. I think Tatum is going to be a little bit of a princess still, but I think he gets that much better. I'm hoping Robert comes back. You know, I, I'm liking the Brogdon stuff. Grant Williams with a with a hezzy and an inside-out dribble the other day in a preseason game. I was like, what? That kid does that? All right. Peyton Pritchard, hopefully he gets on the floor. Derek White shots changed. Like, let me just pour all of this Homer juice on everything that I'm saying. I'm going to go with the Boston Celtics. That's my NBA Finals champion final answer. Love it, dude. It would be a hell of a story if they went from where they were last year to all the stuff that happened in the offseason to making it out of the East to begin with. You know, if they make it to the finals and win, that means Tatum had a hell of a bounce back year. It'd be awesome. Love it. So, I mean, the, the roster has some depth, but I think if we have a major injury, so that's Tatum or Brown, like I'm, I'm going to default to Milwaukee beats the Warriors. Okay, like it. All right, MVP, what do you got? Luca. Luca, not sexy pick. Joe Kick, I don't think he's going to get his third in a row. There's so many other guys you could put in front of this. You've mentioned odds a bunch of times. Embiid, a bunch of guys are on well, that I'll, list. I'll tell, you the, I'll tell you the odds, right? Okay, hit me. Luca plus 450, Embiid plus 500, Giannis 550, 
Durant a thousand, Jokic a thousand, Tatum twelve hundred, Steph Curry thirteen hundred. Then it kind of goes from there. He's number one on that list. Yeah, I mean, it seems like he seems like that guy that's next up, right? Like it's almost like a narrative takes hold and people will it into existence of him being yeah. the MVP, right? Like he's gonna put up the stats and Giannis already has a couple, Jokic already has a couple. Yeah, I'll tell you, my pick is going to be Embiid for this year because I feel like he's one of those guys, too, that also has, like, this narrative of having a great year last year. And I feel like voters take that into account. Like, not that he got robbed last year, but, you know, some people could say he deserved it last year. So now we're going to give it to him this year if he has an equal or slightly better year. So I feel like it's really going to come down to one of those two guys because it can't be Giannis again. It can't be Jokic again. Is it really going to be a guy like Durant? Is it really going to be a guy like Tatum, Curry? There's some guys on the lower end. <laughs> I mean, you've got, look at these crazy odds of guys like Carl Anthony Towns plus 5,000, Donovan Mitchell plus 5,000, Harden plus 7,000, DeMar DeRozan eight plus 8,000. I mean, these guys aren't going to win it. LeBron's plus 1,800. as if he had a bonkers year, but it's. I really feel like it does come down to one of those two guys just because people feel like it's their time, you know, and they've earned it. Yeah, I, I don't dislike your Embiid. I just sometimes I wonder, Randy, it's like a guy that means a basketball as much as Harden does. What does it take away from Embiid? Yeah. You know what I mean? But I, I fully expect that kid to come out beast mode and and make a big push. But, yeah, phone Luka. Yeah, all right. Love it, dude. Some good picks. A little bit of overlap, but ultimately pretty different, I would say. So I'm anxious to see how it shakes out. I hope you win. I hope you got it right. Celts take the championship. That'd be ideal. But we'll see. It would be best-case scenario. I'm just hoping – I, I mean, 2008 is a long time ago, man. 2022, give me another one. I'm ready. I'm ready. I love to call you out for your homework when I do a post about this on social media. So, be ready. I'll tag you. Pats are going to make the playoffs. <laughs> Pats are going to win a game in the playoffs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, good pick, Chris. Thanks, guys. Great. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, guys, for coming. But, all right, dude. Well, that was a ton of fun, as always. Love it. All right, buddy. Thanks for having me.